This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White. I'm here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg, and Wilts Cotrer, IT expert at New Core Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department. All wrapped up into one convenient package. Jeremy can help you fix it, and Wilts can help you keep it safe, and both can do either well, so we're in good hands either way. Some of the stories we're looking at today, uh, major U.S. government agencies get low grades for cybersecurity. Interested to hear what Wiltz has to say about that. Uh, A a mild I told you so may come from Wiltz this morning. (laughs) Uh, Zoom, how about this? Zoom lied about encryption and about sending your data to, guess who? Facebook and Google. No. Zoom, right? The hero of the pandemic. Stole your well, they didn't steal it. They had it and they lied about having it. It's kind of like stealing, and then sold it to Facebook and Google. Of course, who else would be in that line? Uh, AT and T gets rid of Direct TV after six years of tumult and gnashing of teeth. A terrible business relationship gone awry. Uh, AT and T bought Direct TV at the absolute worst time, and then instituted AT and T customer service into Direct TV. And made it even worse. And there's some pretty gaudy doom and gloom numbers over the six years of that relationship that we could get to here in a little bit. Amazon handed a quarter billion euro fine from uh, an EU data privacy watchdog. Three quarters of a billion euros. That's like Tuesday for them. Uh, it's almost $900 million, by the way. And uh, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon are introducing interesting, neat uh, new products, and they're testing new levels to monetize ease of use, including uh, Spotify, thinking about testing whether or not you folks out there will who are not premium users of Spotify will pay a dollar to skip a song. Seems a little harsh, but I don't know. I wouldn't pay a dollar to skip a song, do but you, I'm a premium user. So. Do you only get the one song? I don't. Well, I, that's the thing. I just pay a couple more dollars and get to be a premium user. You can skip all the freaking songs you want, right? Yeah, I just so. make the playlist of my own songs. Exactly. Yeah, I can't. I can't listen to other people's playlists anymore. I'm spoiled. 
but I've been like a streamer. I've been a music streamer for, I don't know, me and Java talk about this all the time, since like, I don't know, around 2000 or something like that. So it's like I've been two decades deep into this music streaming stuff. So, Well, me and my kids will trade playlists back and forth. Like my daughter's really kind of, uh, you know, kind of gotten into like the whole 80s hair metal, that whole thing. And so I said, hey, you know, instead of these playlists that play the exact same songs over and over, I made her one of, you know, deeper haircuts you know a little bit uh more <laughs> off of the album that have a little bit more to it so yeah so she's getting a kick out of that well we want to hear from you this morning got any tech problems issues or questions or do you have a story or experience to share call everyday tech this morning the number is 877 mpb ring that's 877-672-7464 if those voices you heard sound a little clearer it's because all the boys are in the same shop this morning that's it's good to see you guys live and in person Good to see you as well, yeah. Jay. And we've had uh, uh, quite uh, a renovation, I think we're calling it, uh, technically, uh, of our uh, radio department. And so uh, our studio has been displaced from where it normally is. And uh, I invited the boys down to see that as much as anything else, you know, just to, to get a kick out of, um, you know, <laughs> what our what our poor engineers are being dragged through trying to pull off. He probably wants us to run some wires, Jeremy. He, he has. Yes. There are several miles of wires already run from the other side of the building to this side of the building as uh, a certain side of the building is being renovated. Uh, and so, but yeah, it gave me an excuse to ask you guys to come in and uh, both of you were able to pull it off. So it's, yeah. it's exciting to have you in person. It's the 3D version of uh, Jay and Java here. You That's know? right. It's totally That's different right. than that 2D we've been dealing with the last, <laughs> yeah, and I, since like last March, I think, has it been, it's been at least that since, it's been since spring break of 20, at least that we were in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. And, and way longer for me. Yeah. I haven't been able to make it up from Hattiesburg in a while. but Hattie, Hattiesburg is a little bit of a longer longer jaunt smidge. than Flow Wood. A, a smidge. Yeah, yeah. I think I had a whole, oh, man, I had a 15-minute commute. <laughs> but uh, I, I do want to say um, I, don't, I don't think that Zoom is the hero of the pandemic. I mean, if they are, they've become the much-loathed uh, name of the pandemic. I don't know anybody who gets excited about Zoom meetings anymore. <laughs> that's, well, that's true. I, but they did, uh, at the beginning anyway, it seemed like they came to the rescue of, you know, they... What's the word I'm looking for here? They offered their service. They were a virtual unknown going into the pandemic. They were. I'd never even heard of them before. I mean, people were like, "Oh, can you do Zoom meetings?" <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Who the, is Zoom? On the school can, side, we used them in the school side. They okay. Were, they were integrated, okay. like with your Blackboard and Canvas. For yeah, know, we had them at the school, but you know, from the professional side, we you know never we were WebEx. We you know right um, or Skype. I was going to yeah. say, I think a lot of yeah. consumer use is you know just and then Skype. You know, Microsoft's throwing their hands up going what about us guys (laughs) did you guys forget about skype we've been around for a very long time yeah now skype's gone um pretty much i think it's pretty much yeah pretty much it's all like teams now isn't it yeah they're trying to push over toward teams so yeah um you know a lot of it stuff all of a sudden you know it's like i was just telling jeremy just before we we came in here for the show it's like you know, these are things that on the IT side, we've been doing this stuff for years. You know, yeah. virtual meetings have just been, you know, um, oh, yeah, we, we just do that. That's what we do. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, wow, we can all do that? And I, I think we really started seeing, though, it's got a lot of application beyond just, you know, meetings. It really does. It really does. I know, you know, MPB has, has used that to some extent because, you know, we have – eight different stations across the state that's eight different transmitter sites and we have 
you know, guys that work, you know, regionally with, you know, two or three of the different transmitter sites, ones in southwest Mississippi, ones in northeast and so on and so forth. And, you know, getting those guys all in the same place at the same time uh, can be extremely difficult. Oh, yeah. uh, pulling them all from different parts of the state. And, and, you know, those guys, some of them are contract. Uh, so, you know, uh, your contract employer is not necessarily your, you know, your number one employer. So getting those guys to set aside time in their schedules to leave what they're doing in their part of the state and drive to Jackson is not always the easiest thing to do. So putting those guys all in one call is a whole lot easier. And, and a lot of people came became, you know, much more aware of that. But, yeah, anyway, and we'll get into, um, you know, what they were doing, uh, Zoom, lying about encryption, and then selling it to... I mean, right? Of Tech course. companies lying. Google and and Facebook. I'm sure Unheard it was of. down in the EULA somewhere that we all just clicked next and went right on. No past. doubt. There's no doubt about it. You and agree like, that we'll lie to you about encryption and be okay with it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By clicking here. The other thing is like, what is what is? Why does Facebook need Zoom data? Facebook just stockpiling all data they can possibly buy about anyone from anything. They just troll the black market. Yeah, I mean, they're, it, they are the, the, the <laughs> center point of all this just massive data coming together. And we just give it to them. It is interesting, though, that, I mean, we have a story in here about, uh, you know, Google or excuse me, Amazon being tuned up to the likes of, you know, 800 something million dollars um, for antitrust activity. Uh, Google seems to stay <laughs> in Washington in courtrooms. You know, having discussions about this, all of them really do. Um, Microsoft, not as much as the others, randomly. But uh, they and had their you, time a while. They, back. Yeah, yeah, their their time was in the '90s and the 2000s. <laughs> right. yeah, they, they were they were run through it. But hearing as much as these guys stay in trouble and having to uh, almost have, I mean, each of them has to have like a division where they just deal with this stuff litigation essentially oh yeah to, to see a story like this is not shocking but at the same time it's like come on really you know yeah. it's like you're, you're spitting in my face and telling me it's raining it's not i mean but they'll do the same thing tomorrow we'll right continue letting that's it, the go thing. it happens and over go. and over and over again it's because they came out of nowhere basically and there was no regulation on what they were doing and so now they've even been saying hey you need to regulate us if you want this to change and so now that that's happening i mean it it's a grueling process but at least we're starting to highlight a lot more privacy issues yeah all right let's go to the phones we had a call from tupelo that was up first and i was slow to the draw so uh if that caller will give us a call back we'll get you on but first let's start with wilma in memphis wilma thanks for calling good morning Good morning. I've got a question about my slow computer. <laughs> I use I use AOL and have for many years. Ooh. About two months ago, I got these emails from them or whatever about buying malware protection and something else from them, and I did it, and it cost about $10 a month. But that's when my computer got to be so terribly slow. My question is... Do I really need these two things I bought from them? And is that why my computer's gotten so slow? 
I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, yeah, that's that's probably why your computer has gotten slow. Uh, I don't know exactly what protection they're offering. It's probably McAfee or Norton. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are not super fond of those programs. They're always um, more bloated than they need to be to actually do the job of removing viruses and malware from your computer. So uh, we would recommend Malwarebytes. Uh, we like that because it's a very small program. It's very um, unobtrusive, and it doesn't have all these extra bells and whistles that all these other virus protection programs do. Uh, so my recommendation would be to remove that program, uh, tell them you no longer want to subscribe to that, and look at malware bytes. Now, you also have built-in anti-malware and virus protection in Windows running through Windows Defender. So even if you weren't running anything at all, you're not unprotected. And Windows Defender does a pretty good job of catching most things. Um, but we do recommend uh, some extra protection in most cases. Yeah, I, okay. mean, I mean, these these days, um, you know, virus protection is almost, it's it's pretty much automatic like Jeremy was saying I mean it's built in that's what we actually use at our ho- at our house too is you know kind of a combination of that um but yeah and we hear that we've heard that so many times with so many different security products they typically if you're if you're not careful all those extra bells and whistles are usually things that you really don't need uh and they're just resource hogs okay great well thank you so much I love your show thank all you all right Wilma thanks for the call this morning all right let's go back to the phones we've got Terry and Tupelo's called us back Terry thanks for calling in good morning good morning Napster rules baby <laughs> right. <laughs> right is AOL really still a thing I'm, oh yeah I was Oh, wow. And I was okay. going to say, their, uh, their, their virus protection, um, it's not even an email these days. You log into your account, and then it pops up, and it says, oh, you need some kind of protection. So they've gotten really aggressive with how they market that to people because, well, as far as I know, they, they have trouble making money anyway, so they have to you know be all in your face about it. So, yeah, they're, they're still relevant, but they've changed hands so many times that uh, nobody really takes them seriously anymore. There are a lot of people that still have their email on those services um, because they don't know how to migrate or they don't want to migrate. You know, you get set in your ways, and that's a normal thing with users. But yeah, it's um, it's definitely an antiquated uh, piece of equipment or uh, software uh, that we would definitely recommend moving on from. So, uh, virus protection is their last stand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Partnership with uh, McAfee. <laughs> They call it the best of the 90s uh, bundle. <laughs> I, yeah. It's like one of those oldies but goodies. Right. <laughs> hey, I got a question. I'm in the process, uh, and this is a work PC. I use my tablet for a lot, but I don't have Office 365 on it. I use it for very specific reasons that my company needs me to, to use it for. Um, so I'm looking at something lightweight that has more than one USB connection, even though I know I can spring off that. But um, I was kind of looking at the Surface because I, I really need Office 365 and I need, um, um, you know, some ports for USB connections. What do you guys think about the Surface? Or is there competitors out there who run Office 365 that you guys would recommend in a very lightweight then work PC. 
Well, I mean, I'd have to say <clears throat> I think you're looking in the right direction with the surface. We use quite a few of those up at the office and have had really good luck with them. Um, you know, if we would have been saying this a couple of years ago, it might have been a little bit different. We had a couple of struggles with some of the older versions, but it's really kind of grown and become uh, quite a powerful, quite a, an efficient little little small tablet. We've used, uh, you know, the Surface Books as well as just the regular Surface Surface Pros and stuff like that. So, you know, I think you would be pretty happy with it. It uh, It is pretty robust. It does everything that Microsoft can, you know, normally do. Uh, battery life's been really good on them. So, I mean, at least in my experience, I, mean, I don't know, Jeremy, if you had to work with the Surface as much. I know I know. way back in the day you replaced a screen in one for me. That was a while back. Uh, yeah, I still really, from a repair standpoint, I don't recommend the Surface because if something goes wrong with the tablet, it's, it's going to be a tough uh, fix, an expensive fix, especially if it's something other than the screen. Um, they do have the Surface, um, I think they call it the Surface Laptop, which is more serviceable and still pretty compact. So I like that one. But as far as uh, your criteria for running Office 365 and so forth, uh, pretty much anything that runs Windows will do that anyways. Uh, we usually recommend like an i5 or a Ryzen 5, you know, for a good mid-range machine. It's not overpowered, but it's not going to be overwhelmed by what Windows throws at it. Uh, usually 8 gigs of RAM would be the minimum these days and uh, you should be pretty happy with anything that's running that kind of hardware now we do of course recommend reading reviews and seeing what other people feel about it because there are lemons no matter what type of processor or what kind of hardware or what brand name is on it some of them just don't work very well so we definitely recommend reading reviews but otherwise if you can get hardware with those uh, those specs you should be just fine running office 365 yeah and Jeremy brings up a really good point with tablets I was just going to say that. I want that, you guys uh, to be to be my review, so I have one throat to choke. <laughs> we'll blame it on Jay. I'll I'll accept that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I love the show, man. Thanks a lot, Terry. We appreciate it. Thanks for calling us this morning. Uh, I have owned the Microsoft Surface uh, Pro. It is awesome, and uh, I mean, it was the three. What are they on now? Uh, it's pretty high up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's uh, they've gotten more lightweight, more compact. Uh, I would love to get another one, uh, although I haven't bought another one because of kids and stuff. And you know, you you mentioned uh, the the screen; it's it's expensive to replace, regardless. Yeah, because uh, it's a you know, one of those proprietary numbers, like everything is now. But if something goes awry, that's not the screen. You're kind of at the hands of Microsoft. You yep. know, you're yeah, it's, packing it's this just, thing in a box and shipping it back to them. Yep. It's just like these all-in-one PCs that are all built into the monitor too. I mean, you know, you you um, the convenience is really nice. It's like, it's like a lot of things. Whenever it's working, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, once it breaks, the more compact, the more concise, the more tiny you make it, um, the harder it is to work on it. Um, you know, that's just. That's just the nature of it. Anytime you get into any of these like little tablet kind of PCs, uh, I'd have to I'd have to venture a guess here, Jeremy. They're probably all very difficult to get inside. And most of them, yeah, yeah. Uh, that Surface laptop, like you were talking about, Jeremy. Those uh, I think those started a grand. Uh, so there are cheaper options out there, but of course, all of that is specs and what you're trying to get in the door for and 
the brand that you're paying for and stuff like that. It is a touch screen, which is cool. Uh, so they do have a lot of options. They've given, they've given their consumers a lot of options to pick from. And it's not like you're making a huge trade-off as far as weight goes because it's still it's still a pretty pretty lightweight thing, even though it's got, you know, like a full-size keyboard. Well, not a full-size keyboard, but a, a keyboard attached to it. You know, it's not something that detaches. Yeah. Um, and it is a lot a lot easier to get into. Yeah. All right, let's take our first break here. 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. You can give us a call. You can email us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We will be back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Hey, uh, an awful transaction and timing. That's what the, the summation of AT&T's purchase of DirecTV was. Uh, it has completed its spinoff direct, of DirecTV after six years of mis- mismanagement in which nearly 10 million customers ditched the company's pay TV services. Wow. AT&T bought DirecTV for $49 billion. <laughs> Dollars billion with the B, right? This is six years ago. They bought Directv for forty nine billion dollars, sixty seven billion in, in all, including debt, as in July twenty fifteen. I mean, forty nine billion is a lot these days, but in twenty fifteen, not that it's a super long time ago, but man, this just sounded like, oh man, these guys are going to shoot rockets off into space with that money. But uh, yeah. Um, in the face of competition, losing subscribers, and from online streaming, customer losses were inevitable. But DirecTV's losses under AT&T ownership went far beyond anything expected by other major TV providers. AT&T revealed the spinoff plan in February and announced the deal's completion yesterday. AT&T partnered with private equity firm TPG to create a new company called DirecTV, which will own and operate the DirecTV AT&T TV and UVerse video services previously owned and operated by AT&T. AT&T will no longer run DirecTV, perhaps allowing it to succeed under better management, but AT&T will own 70% of the new company's stock. 
with TPG owning the other 30 percent. AT&T will receive $7.1 billion in cash to help pay down its debt, which consists of $160.7 billion in long-term debt and $19.5 billion of debt maturing within one year. TPG paid $1.8 billion for its 30% stake. In one period of just over four years, AT&T lost more than 9.5 million customers from its premium TV services division, which includes DirecTV, uh, Satellite, U-verse, uh, Wireline Video, and uh, the newer AT&T TV online service. The category decreased from over 25 million subscribers in quarter one of 2017 to 15.4 million halfway through 2021. That's 25 million to 15.4 million. AT&T continually raised prices and eliminated promotion deals as the company sought a higher average revenue per customer, but fell from first place to third in total TV subscribers. DirecTV's value rapidly declined under AT&T's stewardship as the company reported a $15.5 billion impairment charge in January 2021. Uh, AT&T last month said the DirecTV TPG deal will lower AT&T's expected revenue for the remainder of 2021 by $9 billion. The DirecTV deal will also lower AT&T's expected uh, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization by $1 billion. So uh, DirecTV has become the AOL of the satellite world. Is that what we're getting at here? Well, thanks to their marriage with AT&T. I I mean, I'm wondering, do y'all think it could be, oh, I don't know, pitiful customer service? Well, I mean, that's... Absolutely atrocious customer service? That's kind of what this, and this is an Ars Technica um, news source here. It's kind of what they're alluding to, that DirecTV... Just because of its position in the industry and it being kind of an old school and slow to adapt to streaming and online platforms, it was going to lose. And because it costs so much, it was going to lose people. But AT&T taking over and instituting AT&T customer service. Customer disservice. Right. Boy, we're just hammering AT&T and DirecTV. Well, uh, I've used them professionally and personally, uh-huh. and I would say neither experience has ever been positive. Okay. I've also had to call them several times in a year for uh-huh. the same problem. <laughs> Last year, I, uh, I traded in my phone for this new one, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll give you a $1,000 credit. And so I sent them my Galaxy Note 9 for my $1,000 credit. I still haven't gotten it. The last I had spoken to them, they're like, oh, it's going to take a couple of months for it to show up on your bill. A well, that's what, they said. that's what they said the last time. A couple of months. So it's like they just use that to just, oh, he'll forget about it by then. And they were right. The last time I forgot about it and I looked at my bill and I was like, wait a minute. That's way higher than it should be. What's going on? So, yeah. And the way that they, uh, they handle it, you know, they don't, they don't just put a $1,000 credit on your bill. It has to go towards the installment payments on your device. So they were like, okay, well, if you trade in your phone, then you give up the credits that are coming to you. So don't trade in your phone. It's like, okay, that makes zero sense. Wow. So thanks, uh, thanks AT and T. We uh, we appreciate you. So yeah, terrible. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, just terrible all the way around. I'm you, in I'm in the process of trying to divorce AT and T as much as I can. I will say this now that I mean AT and T is still going to technically own it, but they've basically brought in a partner to manage it and for them to be able to get their hands out of it and away from it. 
which is cool. So maybe, maybe give DirecTV a try again. I don't know. Eventually. It, the customer service may be better. The cost may be, be may become well. It's already become okay. more market competitive with how streaming has exploded and continue to go up and up and up and up and up. It's made Directv a better value than it once was. Not to say that it's a great value as it is now, but you know, if YouTube TV would not have jumped their prices up, I would have already jumped. But when right. you, when YouTube TV made the big jump, that's what started making it. You know, I mean, come come on, it comes down to to the dollars. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you know, we are looking well, at, how much, at the money. How much and what you watch versus what you're paying. See, like, I jumped on YouTube TV right off the bat uh, because uh, for, for some simple things for me. And we're about to go to the phones here. Less in DeSoto County, we're hitting you first here. Hang on, just a second. Um, you know, things like for me, uh, a a linear schedule. Even though you don't use it, but just that you can see a linear schedule and just the the, the user interface for me for UTV, YouTube TV mm-hmm. made it better than a lot of the other. Like I had Sling at one point, and there were others that I'd, I'd you know bought into for a little while. But YouTube again, in the time that I've had it, YouTube TV has had three, four, five price jumps, which made the value of getting into YouTube TV not what it was when we first got into it. And so now, I mean, because like, I, don't, I don't personally, like I watch YouTube mm-hmm. more than anything. I mean, that's 90% of my, my quote-unquote television watching. And my wife watches like one series of shows on one station. And I mean, so we, it's, we're basically, we're, we're just a, we're a charity for yeah. YouTube TV right now. Like we, we don't get near about the value for what we're paying for. so And that's exactly why I don't subscribe to satellite or anything like that, because I, I don't want to sit there and have to watch ads for something I'm paying for anyways. And also, you have to wait a certain time for this show to come on when you can just bring it up with the remote and tap it and go, okay, I want to watch it now. And yeah. Whenever I need to leave the room, I can pause it. You know, I mean, you don't have to have a DVR or anything special like that. Yeah. Streaming just changed the game. And I think it's just a bad time for satellite to be doing its thing. All right, let's go to the phones. We've got Les in DeSoto County. Good to hear from you, Les. What's going on? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, question for you about mobile Wi-Fi hotspots. Are they any use? And I, because if they are, I think I would find one useful in my apartment and also on the occasions when I go traveling. Uh, what do you know about them? Well, I mean, they they are useful, but you are limited to a certain amount of data that you use with that hotspot. So you have to make sure that you keep an eye on how much data that you're using. Um, depending on where you're located also, uh, you might find a better usage from your cable provider if you have one, uh, or possibly uh, somebody <laughs> we've been bashing on a lot in this show, uh, AT&T, that runs fiber now, if they can run that to your area. Um, hotspots <laughs> are still useful, but the speeds are Forget what we said earlier. kind of subpar. Um, not not terrible, but not not the best if you can have a uh, a hardline solution. But if you want something that you can take with you, hotspots are invaluable. Yeah, because I was um, recommended that I look at one from a, a company called Straight Talk, which I understand works out of Walmart. Mm. Evidently, they're reasonably inexpensive and reliable. And I'm not planning on a mission to Mars, so the speed <laughs> wouldn't be a, um, a great deal of import to me. 
Yeah, probably your biggest thing is going to be the data limits. You'd want to look at, you know, what is your what is your typical usage going to be, and is the amount of data they're going to give you at the price that you're paying going to be enough to fulfill what you need? Yes, I think so. They're talking 10 gigabytes, and I think that's more than enough for me. Okay. As long as you're not doing any streaming or anything like that, you should be you should be good with 10 gigs. Okay, that that should be fine then. So I'll go and investigate that. And one okay, other thing you. you'd want to look at is, if, especially if you're hooking a laptop up to it, whenever yes. you're connecting to that mobile hotspot, you'd want to turn on this little function on there called metered connection. You want yeah. to go ahead and flip on the metered connection setting and what that's going to do for you. Windows is, I guess the way I've always described it, Windows is very chatty. It's always talking to something. It's looking for updates and everything else. It can really eat up your data really quick by turning on metered connection for your metered connection settings for your hotspot settings. It'll tell Windows, hey, when you're on this network, quit being so chatty. That'll save you a lot of data. Meet, metered settings. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I will uh, check into that, and uh, if I have any success, I'll let you know. All right, Les. Are we? Les, are we going to get County back in the football league this year? I hope so. Uh, we're putting a decent squad together. We've done well in preseason, apart from losing to Derby, but they were three divisions above us anyway, or four divisions. So, uh, <laughs> but no, we. we I'm a not. I've been a Notts County fan for a long time, so hope springs eternal. There you go. I mean, disappointment is. Uh, Paul for the course when you're a county fan. Well, but, uh, yeah, that that's that, that. A lot of clubs are that way. It's not just not <laughs> county. <laughs> yeah, well, the U.S. national team for a start. Oh. Um, <laughs> but mind you, I, I know what the problem. Well, I know I've got an idea what the problem is with that. But that's a matter for another conversation. But anyway, thank you for your time, gentlemen, and uh, have a terrific day. All right, Les. Thanks. Thank you. you do the same. We appreciate the okay. call. All right, let's take a second break here. When we come back, we'll have Sue on the line. We'll have Fletch on the line as well. So we'll get right back to the phones. There are a couple of lines open. 877-MPB-RING is the number. 877-672-7464. We'll be back with more Everyday Tech in just a moment. Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Wiltz and Jeremy live here in the studio, unless you're listening to the podcast, and then taped here in the studio. 
taped a lot. And it's not taped. It's just recorded. It's digital. We haven't used tape and taped. We haven't used tape and all. Yeah, that we thing. still say it though. I mean, that's where we came yeah. from. You know, it's it's everyday tech is taped before a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> da, na, na, na. Let's go to Sue in Beaumont. Sue, thanks for hanging on. How's it going? Hello. Hey, go right ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'd, I'd like to make a comment about AT&T. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Well, uh, I call AT&T all trouble and turmoil. Oh, Ooh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, because um, I hate AT&T. Well, several years ago, they bought out uh, DirecTV or took it over or something. And uh, I knew my heart just dropped because I knew then the service from DirecTV was going to fall to the bottom. And, it, and you know, now DirecTV, I've watched like eight channels is all I'll ever watch. And uh, DirecTV is going up to a hundred dollars a month. That just seems it un- just seems utterly ridiculous to me. Is there any other place out there I can get some? You know, I don't want to pay a hundred dollars a month to watch eight channels on, on DirecTV. Is there anything better out there? Well, you do have the streaming options if you you know if you have. Uh, don't got internet. <clears throat> then probably well you have Dish, which from what I've heard from some people. They may or may not be uh, more satisfied. I don't know much about their customer service. Um, I'm right in there in the boat with you when it comes to the DirecTV thing because I guess the original developer of our neighborhood signed some kind of exclusive, and uh, we can't even get oh, Comcast. Wow. We can't get Comcast or anything in our what? neighborhood. Yes, we can only have AT and T services. That's what I'm stuck so, with. Yep. What? Oh yeah, it's nuts. We've been working on trying to get C Spire in. Just who, can, who can fire AT and T? Who can get rid of AT and T? Well, if they keep uh, operating their businesses the way they have, they're doing a good job of uh, firing themselves. themselves. Self sabotage. Yeah, I, I, my my suggestion would be, you know, whatever the. I mean, do you have a, a cable provider there? No, I live in a boondocks where we we don't we can't get internet service from Dish or Directv or AT and T. Uh uh-uh. can't well, get anything. I'm out here in the boondocks. Well, I'm just talking about like is there a, is there a cable television provider to your county? Uh, no, Mm-mm. not where I live. Wow. Okay. No, nope. because that would be the option. Because you know, one thing that cable has always done is break up their services into tiers that are, you know, the less TV you watch, the more tiers you can buy that are you know super approachable. Yes. Well, we don't have that here. Well, in that case, it's just the satellite providers like the guys we're talking about here. One other thing you might want to consider is calling them and telling them, hey, my bill's too high and I don't want to pay you anymore and I'm considering cutting off your service and see if maybe they can cut you a deal. Oh, I'm way ahead of you. I do that. I've done that several times. And what they do is I say I'm a loyal customer. I've been with y'all since day one, you know, back when AT&T was uh, all my Bell South. I said, can't you give me a break on this, this price? And they'll give me like a little cost reduction for a few months, and then it's back right back up again. They're making you earn it. Well, So anyway, I just hate AT&T. It just kind of <clears throat> solidifies what we've been talking about, about how some of their policies need to uh, change, and they need to remember their customers and maybe revise some of their price points. So hopefully, uh, because they're going to be under new ownership, uh, there you go, Starlink, uh, because they're going to be under new ownership, hopefully they will uh, start remembering their customers and they will do better than just a, a temporary price fix. Of course, all of these companies, you know, I mean, they got to make money, so they're going to find a way to weasel as many dollars out of your pocket as they can so you got to be vigilant and you got to call them and just uh see what they can do for you and, and hopefully they'll be able to do more in the future because they hear us uh 
Well, this is the AT&T bashing show, it feels like. But, I mean, you know, if, <laughs> if you deserve it. it, you deserve it. If your service is terrible, your service is terrible. And that's one thing that I love about uh, doing public radio is we can come on here and we can say that. And there's really not... Not a whole lot. You know, we're just expressing our own personal opinions and not the opinions of MPB. So uh, it makes it pretty easy to just say how we feel. Well, thank you all for listening. Certainly. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, I do a quick Google search, and I've got CMA Communications, which is uh, listed as a cable company out of Waynesboro. Have you ever heard of them? I'm a long way from Waynesboro, so okay. I'm in the far end of, of South Perry County. We don't have anything down here. Gotcha. They had to ship in the sunshine down there, I believe, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> so, like Wiltz was showing me, uh, or you know, reminding us uh, that uh, Starlink is still uh, in the process, and that's going to be another satellite-based internet service. Uh, we are all looking forward to seeing what Starlink is going to do to change the game. It may not be able to do anything, but uh, we will come to find out in the not-too-distant future. So we're not completely out of options. We just need to be patient and uh, see what else is coming. Uh, hopefully it's better. I hear it's better. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a friend of mine. They're actually running it up in Tennessee. Okay. And has absolutely loved it. He said the latency is he's able to actually online game with it. The streaming of video is actually happening. So that would open up the possibility of, you know, some streaming services. Yeah, I'm kind of like you. There's only a few channels that I really care to watch. So... So Starlink is definitely something that as as it starts implementing more, especially here in Mississippi, we'll definitely start talking about more. But that, that, there is some options on the horizon. All right, Sue, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Fletch, who is in Flora. Fletch, good morning. Hey, Fletch, you there? Hey, yeah, good morning, fellas. Hey, Fletch lives. What's going on? <laughs> Fletch, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> What's going on, man? Hey, question about digital storage. All right. Uh, So being a 50-something, I'm a little scared of the cloud and stuff like that. But, Jay, I think as you would say, I've got like threes of billions of uh, (laughs) uh, photos on my phone. Yep. Yeah, I've heard y'all mention Google, uh, whatever their, their feature is. That feature is going away. Uh, Google's gotten really, really harsh on storage space. They give you 15 gigs with Google Drive, um, and I'm, they've been cutting back on the photos. Yeah, they, they cut uh, photos. Google Photos is no longer unlimited. Whatever was in there before they cut it off, I want to say back in March, April, somewhere right in there, whatever you already had there is cool, but going forward you have to actually pay for any additional storage or for adding new files in. Yeah, they have started getting a little uh, a little stingy with that. Do you get a base of any amount? 15 gigabytes is what you'll get for free. And that's to be shared between email. Uh, if you use Google Drive, it's to be shared across all Google services. So it's like Google One, right? That's the Google One setup? Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, I'll have to look at actually what my gigs are. Um, but that's no different than, than Apple iCloud, right? Uh, just a different service, but the same idea. Yeah, it's all cloud-based storage. Okay. I do do that, but I just have maxed out whatever the I think, $5 plan is. Well, I will say, if you have an iPhone, it is easier, it's more streamlined to go through the iCloud because it's all integrated with your phone. Um, sure. It's it, Apple... I mean, you can do it with other apps, but it's just not as easy to do on the iPhone. You know, with iCloud, it's just built in to be automatic, backs it up. As long as you've got enough space in the cloud, it'll back up everything you've got. 
All right, well, that's what I need. And, and another another question on digital storage is I, I'm a uh, amateur, I think they call it uh, musical archivist, and among other concerts, uh, I recently got to Revivalist and Dumpster Fox Friday night and CZ Top Sunday night. Oh, wow. I just keep them. I just keep them on my micro SDs. I don't really use a a desktop. Um, what any suggestions on where I store those concerts long term? I would uh, get a uh, an external hard drive or an external solid state drive, and I would copy them over to that. Uh, you never know when that SD card is just going to stop working. Um, those external drives. Would I be able to USB them into there, or how would I transfer them if I don't download them? Yeah, you would else? just you would just connect it to USB on uh, on a computer and uh, hook it right in. Yeah, for those external drives, you're going to have to use a computer as an intermediary in order to get from one to the other. Okay, okay, okay. Well, what's a what's an external hard drive usually run these days? Uh, one with it, probably at least a terabyte of space will probably run you about sixty bucks. Yeah, I was just that. looking at a couple. You, you're, you can be looking at some of the desktop models in the five, six, seven terabyte range, especially if you have that much in video. Um, you still be looking, you know, under two hundred bucks ish or so. I would, you know, for me personally, I would say something along the. I've I've had good luck personally using the Western Digital external drives. Same. It's only uh, it's only uh, uh, digital audio MP3. Okay. Versus. Even then, if you have if you have, if you have a whole bunch of them, um, it can fill up pretty quick. And really, getting a couple of terabyte these days is not all that. Ex- I mean, I was just looking at just a portable um, five terabyte drive, and I think the price on Amazon was like one hundred and thirty nine dollars. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think the first thing I would do in your situation, if it were me personally, I would check out the amount of storage that you can buy or subscribe to monthly from Apple and or Google. Um, because you can get a pretty expansive amount of storage each month for not that much. You know, like I, I think the the first tier of Google One is like two two dollars and ninety nine cents a month or something like that. Uh, and that that for the amount of space you have, and it all depends on how much how much space you're taking up with 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 the content you have. That might be an easier thing than you know buying hardware. And, and the cloud and, would be as safe or secure or good piece of mind as that, that, that hard drive? As long as your account is protected with uh, two-factor authentication, I would say, yeah, it's, it's pretty safe and secure. Um, one thing you do want to keep in mind if you do go the external hard drive route is you don't want to trust everything you've got on that thing forever because eventually that thing is going to die too. That's one reason that the cloud is safer. Um, a lot of people get in the habit of bringing those little bitty drives around with them everywhere. They toss them in bags and then eventually Eventually, they just stop working. So don't ever put all your eggs in that one basket, ever. Uh, we typically recommend three places for your storage, the original medium, an external drive, and then some cloud-based storage is a, definitely a good backup. The only downside to cloud storage is disaster recovery. If you lost everything and you needed to recover it all at once, that process can take quite a bit of time. Time, but in, in somewhere in their backup situation, it should always be there. Correct. Correct. Good deal. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. All right, Fletch, we appreciate the call. All right, let's quickly go to Mike in DeSoto County. Mike, thanks for calling. Good morning. Good morning, guys. 
Uh, I'm not computer literate, but let me uh, explain it as best I can. <clears throat> a month ago, we had a big storm up here in DeSoto County, and it knocked out my Acer uh, laptop, which I've used for years. I'm a writer. I write for three magazines, and it's really all mm -hmm. I use it for. Now, my tech came in and said, oh, I think I know what's wrong, and he ordered parts. It took a month to get them, and when they showed up, it was the new battery, plus a box the size of what used to look like an old uh, a box of matches, about that size, it black, had cables to it. He hooked that up. Well, this morning I went online to try to write. I'm writing an article for a magazine. All of my inbox texts, uh, messages have come into my Yahoo uh, address. I can't erase them. You know, a little square box to the left, you click it, and then hit erase, it'll erase it. It won't. I cannot put anything into Compose put the script in, put in the address where it's supposed to go, it won't send it. Is there something that he failed to do? Is something not turned on? I mean, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like there's some kind of an issue with your browser. Have you tried using a different browser, like Google uh, Chrome or um, uh, Firefox or Edge? Um, if you're using one of those, try a different one and see if your results change. Uh, it doesn't sound like, I mean, it's, it, as long as your computer is coming on, it sounds like the tech did what he needed to do. Um, but as far as the uh, the mail functions go, that's gonna be on your browser. On the browser, okay. Yeah, I left a message, he works for a computer company and I left him a message this morning and asked him to please come tomorrow. Cause you know, like I say, I write for magazines and mm -hmm. I got a publisher that's waiting. So it may be the browser, huh? Well, one thing I can recommend if you're running Windows 10, um, most likely you've got most of the uh, stock options there. If you look down on your taskbar, that's going to be the bar that runs along the bottom of the screen. There right. should be a little uh, little envelope. That's the mail program. You can tap on that, and uh, you can put in your credentials to log into your Yahoo account and see if you can't access your email that way. So at least you're not you know dead in the water until he can come and assess your issue. Oh, Okay, just tap on that little envelope, huh? Yeah, and then you'll just have to put in your account credentials, and then it should let you see your email. Oh, great. Okay, well, I panicked this morning, obviously. Um, my publisher called and said, where's the damn script? And I'm like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been a month, and they've been, yeah. they're going nuts, and mm -hmm. they need to get this article into the magazine. Well, listen, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I really do. All right, Mike, hopefully that works, and uh, you can get those articles in. Oh, I hope so. All right. Be looking, be looking for them. <laughs> all right. Absolutely. And uh, let us, you know, give us a call back and let us know if that worked out for you. All right. I will do it. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Well, we're up against the end of the show here. We got two callers still on the line here, Alan and Joe. We apologize. Uh, we've run out of time here. Tons of calls today. It was because you guys were live in studio. Yeah. It had to be the 3D version of us was just that appealing. It really was. The, the folks didn't know to do it themselves hearing live it's a curse Wilson Jeremy in the studio uh, well I mean we didn't have time to get into all these stories that I was talking about and digging into although we did spend ample time burying AT&T and DirecTV so I feel like we've got something done today but uh, we will link a bunch of these stories into uh, the podcast description for today's program which will be up later on this afternoon Fellas, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. It's been kind of fun. I could get used to this. Yeah. I could get used to it. Java, thanks for producing. Kevin Farrell was our call screener this morning. That's going to do it for us. Stay tuned. Coming up next is the original Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. We'll be back here next Wednesday at 10 a.m. for Everyday Tech right here on MPB Think Radio.